Most of Ben's side of the family lives in Florida, and once, for some obscure reason, we thought it would be a wonderful idea to go deep sea fishing. So we joined a large group of people early one morning to head out for a day of fishing along the Atlantic coast. I had visions of us enjoying ourselves, appreciating the beauty of the ocean, catching a few fish, and making great memories. There are a few things it would have been helpful to know before we committed ourselves to this trip. One, do any of us get seasick? Two, what happens if you do? Three, is there any way to turn the boat around? We started out okay, lovely morning, lovely day, lovely time together as we headed out to sea. But, and maybe you know this, you don't actually fish from a moving boat. At some point, the boat has to stop. And when it does, something awful happens. The boat begins to sway and bob in the waves. It was then the crew brought out the chum, the smelly parts of other fish, and began to help the people bait their lines. Now, all I could think about is, how much Dramamine is it safe to take? If I die here, will anyone notice? Because immediately I learned that yes, I do get seasick, and no, they aren't going to turn the boat around. We are stuck out here for the entire length of the journey paid for by all the other passengers. To and fro, to and fro, being tossed about, unable to get off. I remember vaguely when they started the motor and I thought, oh good, we're heading back. We must have reached the capacity for those who can be sick. And the captain is forced to turn around, but no such luck. We were just going to another spot, and besides, we had only been gone for an hour or so. To and fro. Have you ever had that experience? Well, maybe not on a deep sea fishing trip, but other times in life, we're moving to and fro, tossed about by the circumstances around us. The past two years, it seems like there has been far too much tossing around. Opinions on, well, everything have been ratcheted up. We find ourselves questioning our own judgment, listening to the angry voices around us, feeling pushed and pulled in many directions. By midsummer of 2021, we had hoped things would have settled down. The vaccination was discovered months ago and now readily available. The presidential election was way over. Maybe now we can just begin to sail once again. But the reality of life is there are always times and places when we will be tossed about. There are challenges to our faith, our way of navigating life. There are days when it feels like someone is commandeering our ship and we're being forced to ride out to sea. We are, in more ways than we can imagine, like those Christians so long ago in Ephesus, to whom Paul is writing a letter. For the first three chapters of the book of Ephesians, Paul has written to them of the glory of God, the grace of Jesus Christ that has saved them, and the power of the Holy Spirit within them to live transformed lives. 
He was reminded these new believers of the wonder of a world without walls, a world where, because they are rooted and grounded in the love of God, they will be made strong and courageous, faithfully moving forward in life. Yet the reality remains, they're a small minority living in a large pagan culture. Their belief in the one true God is mocked by the temples and idols all around them. Their way of love seems ridiculous in a world of violence and slavery. They have seen believers arrested and tried. To follow Jesus Christ will take resolve, it will take intention, it will take planting their feet on something stable, something firm, something that will hold them as the waves come crashing against the ship. They'll need to stand on solid ground. So to them, to us, Paul writes these words found in Ephesians chapter 4. I therefore, the prisoner in the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. Strange marching orders in a world that rewards power and might, such an odd way for a movement to go forward, they will approach life unarmed, seemingly vulnerable to the forces around them. They bring humility and gentleness and patience as a way of life, they're going to put every effort in maintaining unity, yet it can be done. What is holding them together is not force or chains or threats. It's not the laws or fear. What's going to keep them together is a bond of peace. They are one, one in Christ. Paul writes this word seven times. One body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, one in every way that will matter. This is the rock, the solid foundation on which they must stand. For if they are one, they can move forward together into the unexpected, the unknown, the unpredictable. They'll be challenged, they will face waves, they'll have to think and rethink how to take humility and gentleness and patience and let their lives be transformed using those Christ-like characteristics as their template. Polk goes on to write, We must no longer be children, tossed to and fro and blown about by every wind of doctrine, by people's trickery, by their craftiness and deceitful scheming. But, speaking the truth in love, we must grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by every ligament, with which it is equipped, as each part is working properly, promotes the body's growth in building itself up in love. To and fro, rocking and rolling with the waves, letting this opinion and that post and this podcast and that quote define who we are and what we think, becomes exhausting. It's nauseating. And it's childish. Have you felt it this year? 
As Facebook posts become more vitrolic, people become more entrenched in positions and more sure they will always do this or never do that. The tides can feel like they are constantly moving in and out. Different groups of friends and relatives are standing at polar opposite opinions and the overwhelming feeling is one of weariness. How much longer is this trip going to last? What would it cost me to turn the boat around and get back to shore? Paul is reminding us that to navigate life with its ever-present challenges, there are certainties that we can stand on. There is solid ground to be found. Paul writes that there are truths. The truth is humility and gentleness and patience are the way forward. The humility Jesus demonstrated when he, the King of kings and Lord of lords, placed his knee on the ground and washed the feet of the disciples. The gentleness Jesus showed when he, the creator of the universe, touched the eyes of the blind and held in his arms a child made in his own image. The patience of Christ Jesus who could have called 10,000 angels, instead allowed himself to be betrayed, arrested, wounded, and crucified in order to be resurrected and redeem the world. Humility, gentleness, and patience changed this world. Arrogance, aggression, demanding, did not, does not. The truth is, as followers of Jesus Christ, we're called to bear one another in love. Sometimes I think we mistakenly take that to mean we have to just put up with one another, ignore the snide remarks, walk on the other side of the road. We think, I'm able to bear this. I can deal with this for a short period of time. But to bear with someone also means to support, to hold up, to encourage. It can mean to cultivate to treasure, to cling. Violence, cruelty, indifference, rejection has never healed the world. Bearing one another in love has and will. The truth is, we have to learn how to speak the truth in love. Too often we want to clobber someone on the head with our truth. Oh, I just said that out loud, didn't I? Well, maybe it's just me. We want to take out a full-page ad, respond to every post, send every email, get it off our chest, and in doing so, we can believe that eventually you will see my side, agree with me, or on the other hand, we say nothing because it's too hard. We don't respond, and in our silence, we're mistaken for having agreed. We're quiet sometimes because we've been told our voices are to be silent. Our words have no value. But the truth is, we can be heard when we speak in love. We can be assertive without being unkind. We can let the Holy Spirit lead us to when and where we are to use the power of our words to bring about transformation, a new perspective, a broader understanding of God. Speaking the truth in love is not a shout, it's not a scream, it's not even a holler. It's a way of speaking that can be heard because it is carried on the wings of the Spirit from one heart to another. Speaking this way can bring peace. Shouting never has. 
And the truth that Paul stakes his life on, that every one of Jesus' first disciples gave their life for, that bind us together, that creates one out of many, are these familiar words from John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believe in him may not perish, but may have everlasting life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. It's time to grow up into the people Jesus is calling us to be. People who are determined to be humble, not arrogant, gentle, not aggressive, patient, not demanding. People who are willing to bear one another, not reject, to speak and not be silent when the words need to be shared, but to do so with love. You know, on the boat that day off the coast of Florida, our family was never in any real danger. It was a big boat with a captain and a crew. The sky was blue, the waves were not dangerous, hundreds of people had taken that same trip and been fine. There are probably some out there even today doing the same thing on that same boat. But the struggle was with me. The struggle was internal. I was convinced I was going to be stranded out on the sea with only partial pieces of dead fish. I was sure that given enough Dramamine, I would pass out, and then who would raise my children? Yes, I was seasick, but mostly I was living in a self-created head game that I can still very clearly remember. But that's the problem with being tossed to and fro. We feel unstable. We can't find the horizon. Feel as if we're at the whim of other forces, other pressures, other people's choices. I want to invite you to grow up with me, for we have one God and Father of us all. Let's be determined to practice humility, gentleness, and patience, intentionally bearing with one another, speaking the truth in love so that we're no longer tossed to and fro and blown around. We're standing on the rock of our salvation, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Almighty God, we are determined to do better today than yesterday, to be less arrogant and more humble, less aggressive and more gentle, less pressured and more patient. So come Holy Spirit, still the waters around us, calm our minds and spirits, and set us safely on the shore. We can learn to grow up as Christ followers and grow into the people who engage with you to transform the world. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen.